Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. January 1st brings in the new year. And as we've reflected on 2015, we realize that we've encountered more ups than downs. It was a huge year for Paratruth Radio. A stronger show, crazy endeavors, the construction of a network. But none of this compares to the friends that we've made through it all. And tonight, we celebrate 2015 and welcome in the new year with our newfound friends. Now Parachute presents the New Year's Extravaganza with special guests Scott and Heidi Lynn of Talk Supernatural. Jerry Kozak of High Girl for God Radio. Kay Carswell of Deception Detection Radio. And Justin Fall of the Fourth Watch. And now your hosts, the Paratruth Boys, Eric and Justin. folks welcome to paratruth radio as you heard we have a great show for you guys tonight uh it's our new year's extravaganza and we are gonna go to the line with our special guests for the evening all right folks we have justin from the fourth watch radio we have k car as well from deception detection radio we have Jerry Kozak from Tiger Girl from God, and we have Scott and Heidi Linden from Talk Supernatural. Welcome to Paratruth Radio, guys. What's up? Hey, thank hey. you. How you I doing? actually should say welcome back to all of you because all of you have been on the Paratruth Radio. So we are doing actually fantastic. Indeed. Well, I should only speak for myself. I can't speak for Eric. But. You can read my mind on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> We're family. It's okay. I can be in there. Psychic. Right. You know, even if you're wrong, I'll lie and say you were right. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so uh, everybody is here for the roundtable discussion, folks. As we said earlier, uh, it's going to be an amazing show. We've got a lot of stuff to uh, kind of dish out for everybody. 
to get started, uh, what I wanted to kind of do uh, was there's a question that was posed by a listener, and it's kind of directed to... <laughs> Um, it was directed kind of at Jerry, but I think we can all kind of, kind of go with this and it'll roll a little bit from there. Uh, the question is from Terry Graham and it said, my question is for Tiger from God, for God. Uh, when did she first know the path of the Lord was the path for her? But I think that can kind of apply to everybody. But Jerry, since it was directed at you, we'll start with your answer. Great. Well, I'm excited to be on the show, and I'm very grateful for this listener to ask this question, starting with me. And I'll try to keep it as short and concise as possible, but yet explanatory, of course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a little bit of a challenge for me, as I can get windy, of course. Anyway, You're already 30 <laughs> seconds in. <laughs> well, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, rewind. Okay, back to um, when I was a... a Young girl, uh, I was raised as a Buddhist, um, but I did not have any beliefs uh, with Eastern mysticism or what have you. I just was a nominal temple goer. So my parents brought me to the temple, and and we would wipe plot, meaning we would bow down before the the idol or statue of Buddha. But I didn't pray to him or anything like that. I never saw him as God ever. Whereas my, a lot of my relatives do. They when they say that they're praying for me, they're praying to Buddha. Uh, when they say that uh, they're worshiping God, they're talking about Buddha. But I never, ever saw Buddha that way. Um, basically, uh, I received Jesus into my heart as uh, my Lord and Savior when I was 15. Um, I just saw that Buddhism was an empty religion. It really didn't have any transformative power in our lives as a family. Uh, my mother, unfortunately, committed suicide uh, when I was 12 years old um, in 90. In, sorry, in 1986, and uh, and there was some abuse um, of a minor nature in terms of some physical abuse and and uh, some verbal abuse and what have you uh, between my my mother and father, and so I just really didn't see Buddhism as effective uh, in my life personally. But then also when I became a Christian and I, I saw that Jesus was the only way was and is the only way, truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Heavenly Father but by Him. And but, However, in, in Christian friends' lives, I really saw uh, transformative and regenerative power. Uh, I saw the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I just knew that Jesus was the right path for me. Um, and I also dabbled into the occult uh, from age, I would say, uh, 12 to to 15 before I got saved, um, I actually uh, read a book that was really pivotal um, in my life, uh, I would say instrumental to coming to know Jesus, was I was really into the occult Ouija boards and tarot card reading and and uh, horoscopes and astrology and numerology and things like that uh, from a, a satanic standpoint, um, because I believe that there's uh, biblical astrology and biblical numerology, and this was not biblical <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but I could tell that that was giving an entry point to the enemy. I was uh, depressed and suicidal um, and, and I could tell it was from the enemy because of those occult activities and plus also for some of the trauma that I had been through. Um, anyway, uh, I was in my drama class and I happened to see a book called Demons in the World Today by 
Dr. Merrill F. Unger. And it was a picture of an apparition behind this dude at this table. And I thought, ooh, what's this? Is it Stephen King? As I rub my hands together like the fly, you know? And uh, so I, I asked um, this uh, guy in my uh, drama class uh, in the ninth grade, theater, theater arts class in the ninth grade, uh, if I could borrow the book. I went home and I, I thought I was going to read a book of occult stories and anthologies of different, you know, ghostly and ghastly happenings and what have you. Instead, um, I opened the book to the chapter uh, called Demons and Fortune Telling. Uh, and uh, what, Heidi, your testimonial hits home because uh, I, I wanted to know the future as much as possible. And uh, so anyway, when I um, opened the book to that particular chapter, uh, it really hit home. And I just uh, started weeping under the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, knowing that the activities that I was involved in were demonic in nature, uh, especially because he quoted Deuteronomy uh, with regards to, uh, you know, not looking to the stars for your answers and, you know, not going to, to, you know, not believing in or going to psychics and mediums and uh, things like that, which was a paraphrase. And I, I just knew that Jesus was the right way. Um, and, uh, but I also wanted to give a little caveat. My dad is a wonderful father, by the way. Um, and, and I could tell that the Lord is really changing my dad's heart, even though he's still technically a Buddhist, but he believes in God, which is uh, definitely a, a different than when I was growing up. He raised me as an atheist. I grew up as an atheist um, until that wonderful day in 1988, in May of 98, uh, right before my uh, uh, 15th birthday. Um, but I, I went to church a year later. I invited myself to church. Um, a friend of mine with a nominal believer still is, and uh she said she she goes to youth group and I was like ooh really so I I had my interest peaked um, just like the, my interest peaked when I saw the, the cover of the book and so when she said she had been going to youth group she was having fun uh, she went for socialization and you know we're sixteen years old and uh, so she wanted to, she wanted to go there to meet friends and boys and what have you but I wanted to go there to know Jesus I wanted to to meet other believers and. So I, I invited myself to church. I had someone pick me up and, and, uh, and so I, I got plugged into a body of believers and my youth, I was active in my youth group of witnessing and sharing the Lord with people in Sacramento, California, uh, where I was raised from age eight to 20. And, uh, so I would have to say, uh, I came to know the Lord when I was uh, 15. So I'm sorry if that was a little windy, uh, but, uh, <laughs> That's pretty short if you know me. No, yeah. you, you kept it to about two minutes, I think. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Yay. In, in Jerry speak, it was two minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scott and Heidi, how about you guys? Um, well, it took like a demon to overcome me for me to get kicked in the butt. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was heavily involved with the occult, too. And uh, I think I was about 32. It was about many years ago when we were on an investigation trying to help somebody and we thought we we had all the answers and took a little bit of each religion and sort of made a little occult stew, I guess. And we were trying to help a client, and we had an issue where whatever was in that place overcame me, and I was unable to do anything physically, and everybody else saw what was going on. And it took them to read scriptures out of the Bible to get whatever was with me out because nothing else was working. And at that point, I realized that scripture seemed to be the only thing that was helping us at the time, and so that's the path we took. And I think it same sort of goes for Scott. Uh, no, for me, I I always knew the Lord, and the Lord has always known me. Yes, but it still took me to help him. <laughs> I helped you. 
<laughs> yeah, but I helped you. I helped you first. Well, without me, you couldn't have helped anybody. Bigger than you are. <laughs> now, kids, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kay. Wow. Well, I've known the Lord, believe it or not, since I was six years old that I knew he was with me. And, of course, when I hit the teenage years, I did typical teenage things, and uh, God just kept pulling me back. And uh, God got me through some really difficult times, and I realized that without him, I never would have survived. And he has really, really tugged at me for the last, I would say, 16, 16 to 18 years. And uh, I've just been on a mission to spread his word and praise him and glorify him. And um, through Jerry, I was able to get started in the radio, praise God. And uh, Justin, I got to know him, and then, of course, Justin and Eric, and I'm just getting to know Eric, or I'm sorry, Scott and Heidi, but that is where mine all stemmed from when I was six years old, and uh, I actually had a face-to-face meeting, and at the time, I didn't understand the vision that I'd been given, of course, until I got older. And as I got older, God revealed the meaning of it to me. And I can remember it today just as well as if it happened last night. Detail for detail, the colors, the smells, just everything. So mine started at a very young age. I never did get into the occult, um, but I did act out and do other things that you're not supposed to do. You know, I'm a sinner and... I was saved by grace. Thank God. So mine goes clear back to then. All right. Mr. Fall. Well, uh, I was raised in a Baptist home. Parents loved the Lord, did everything they should have done, at least by worldly standards. And, uh, I, I just, I got to a certain age and everything that I've been taught, it just kind of faded away. And I just, I fell into all types of worldliness and, not real big into drugs. I was doing a lot of drugs and selling drugs, and that was just my way of life. Had a lot of demonic experiences, but I didn't understand that they were demonic. I just kind of took the rationalist view that, well, that's just life. These people are messed up. And I guess I kind of burned out all my all my wicks. I, I just trying all these different things in the world, I just burned them all out, and there was this giant void and uh, my parents were in New Orleans at the time. I was here at film school in Atlanta, and they sent me a, a CD series on spiritual warfare. And I'd never even heard of spiritual warfare at the time. And so I listened to it, and I felt like my eyes just got opened. Uh, it was unbelievable. I realized that there were demons, and this was before I really cut my teeth on the Nephilim and the Book of Enoch, and uh, obviously comparing it all with Scripture. But once I started to learn that, my life changed. I realized that we were living in a time where there was demonic activity just soaring and the majority of the population, whether they say they're Christian or not, the majority had no clue about these spiritual dimensions and the warfare that we're a part of. So that's where my whole life changed, started waking up to so many different topics. Just It was like a flood. I couldn't get enough, just constantly researching, praying, reading my Bible, and a lot of my friends would all want to come over and hang out and just talk about these things because they weren't hearing it anywhere else. And so after so many years, I just felt like I needed to start a podcast. So 
here I am now, years later. Um, and again, this all happened about 12 years ago now, almost 12 years ago. And uh, now I, uh, about two years ago, I started the fourth watch on the Kapow Radio Network. They threw me a bone and I did a pilot episode. They liked it and they started putting a show up every week. And then we parted ways and I've now been doing the fourth watch uh, via the fourth watch radio network for a little over a year. But uh, God totally changed my life when I when I learned about spiritual warfare and I realized that everything that I've been doing in life was falling short and I needed a savior. And I learned that Jesus Christ was the only way to get to the Father. And uh, I consider myself blessed. Awesome. All right, Eric, I think we've told our testimonial a couple of times, but Indeed. let's try and make it super brief. We'll start with you. Okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> grew up Roman Catholic. Uh, the only thing I really learned then was communion and the Lord's Prayer, so not much. Uh, eventually, I started getting into all kinds of occult stuff due to Supernatural, the TV show. thought it was really interesting. Justin and I uh, had a talk one day and decided to come up with uh, the Night Stalkers uh, radio. That started a quick, pretty quick downhill path for me. I began having these nightmares. I got more interested in the nightmares, wanted to know why I was having them, where they were coming from. That after doing some like online search, uh, I came across a demon that is capable of providing people with nightmares. And so I started getting into demonology. I bought the book called The Lesser Key of Solomon, read through all of the 72 demons that Solomon uh, supposedly had summoned at one point and Aleister Crowley. Uh, read all of the magic uh, incantations that they had written. And basically when that happened, all hell broke loose. And I started witnessing black masses in my house. I was woken up by screams. Uh, there was things growling on the side of my bed. I was had my hair pulled. Uh, I was touched in numerous ways. And, uh, you know, it started really freaking me out. Eventually, I got really sick, and I was sick for about six months, couldn't eat, lost almost 30 pounds. Uh, and then there was a friend of Justin's that we knew via the radio show, and I had told some of these stories, and we had related the message to her just through uh, pretty much just like this, either through radio or through the phone. And she didn't really believe that I had experienced anything darker than she had experienced. And so we went to ScareFest 2009. And I showed her my journal, which I had, and she read it in private, and she came back to me and said, that's the darkest stuff I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and so she gave us, the both Justin and I she gave, so I'm going to tell a little bit of Justin's story here too. Uh, she gave us this meditation CD, two of them, and she told us to do this meditation and then write down all of our negative things in our life, write them down on a sheet of paper, go outside, sit on the ground, barefooted and name off everything on the list and then think of putting it into the ground and then asking for God to send a white light. So we were down in my basement. We we're doing this meditation, listening to the girl talk. The music is playing. My eyes are closed. And then all of a sudden, even though my eyes are closed, I could see everything around me. Justin next to me, uh, all these black masses, left, right, front, back. But then I felt something sitting behind me, and it was white. It was a bright white. And I could tell that it was an angel, and she was leaning up against me. 
and I leaned back and I didn't fall over. And to my left was another giant mass with black wings, but he had a sword. And I took this as Michael and he was slaying all of the darkness around me. And then I ended up going outside after this whole ordeal and I sat in the grass. It was really dark September night. It was cold. It was raining, uh, barefooted. I write off everything. Uh, but instead of putting it all into the ground, I just said, Lord, I lay this at your feet and I ask for your help basically. And I remember specifically that the rain stopped, the clouds parted and a full moon shined down on top of me. And it was the brightest moon that I've ever seen. And I kind of saw that as uh, God's glory in a way shining upon me. And I felt this overwhelming joy. And literally the very next day, a girl that I hadn't talked to in quite a while messaged me out of the blue on Facebook and asked me to go to church with her that same weekend. And then I learned who Jesus was. That's it. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I grew up uh, Protestant. Uh, I was I was baptized as Protestant. Uh, I remember going to church as a kid. I remember going to Sunday school as a kid. Uh, around 12, 13 years old, uh, a lot of stuff was, a lot of weird and bad stuff was happening. Uh, my parents got divorced. Uh, we had lost a couple of pets, like dramatically lost pets. Um, and I had fallen into this deep depression and had thought to myself, um, how could a such a, a forgiving and loving God let these horrible things happen to me? Um, so I started believing that there was no such thing as, as God. Um, after that, I started doing some things I, I shouldn't have. I was for a while thinking of maybe trying Wicca. I read through books on it, kind of started working with it a little bit, uh, but eventually fell away from that. Um, st- I had started using a Ouija board at one time. I got it as a, a gift and, you know, uh, Justin, you and I have talked about it a little bit, how the Ouija board is, is given as a, game and me and Eric as well have talked about this, but it, it's not a game. It, it opens doorways. Oh yeah. Um, so after that, uh, I was also using tarot, tarot cards for a while. Um, and, uh, it kind of just went on from there. I kind of stopped doing all of that, uh, starting to, to go into my early adulthood. And then, um, I got married, got divorced, moved back to Ohio. Uh, and then that's when me and Eric started hanging out a lot and we were working out together. And as he said, you know, the one, one day we were talking and, and, uh, night stalkers was born. Uh, I do like to joke that it was over beer, but I'm not joking. We were literally sitting, drinking beer, talking about werewolves and vampires. And we're like, we should do a show about this. So, you know, it got into that and, uh, you know, as Eric said, we had done this meditation. Um, I don't remember having any type of, um, 
visions of angels and demons around me at that time. I do remember feeling relieved after doing the meditation. Uh, but, uh, when I went to church with Eric to the church that we were going to for uh, a little while before I moved, uh, the first time I went there, I had started praying, uh, as they had done the opening prayer, uh, and I saw Jesus Christ or God. I'm not sure. I mean, they are both and the same, but, uh, I heard him say very vividly, audibly in my ears, uh, I've always been here. I never left. And that's what started me believing that maybe, you know, maybe there's something to, to this and I, I just wasn't paying attention. So from, from that time on, um, I've been paying a little more attention more and more. So that's what kind of got us all, both uh, Eric and I started on the podcast as well. We've been doing podcasting off and on for going on six years, right, Eric? Uh, yeah, almost seven. So, you know, we started with Night Stalkers. Uh, we were on Blog Talk Radio. We went to a network, uh, ended up falling away from each other uh and then he started Forgotten Truth. I started Parasite Radio. And then eventually we both stopped doing both. And then Paratruth Radio was born uh, with the encouragement of my fiance Shelly. And Eric and I had kind of talked about it off and on every so often. And Eric would, would be like, no, no, you know, man, it, it's one of those things that I, I don't want to keep I don't want to have to worry about doing it every week and all this. And then eventually it got to the point where we're like, are you ready? Eric's like, yep, let's do it. And that's it's how pretty much because he annoyed me. So like, <laughs> Fine. We'll just do it. <laughs> so, uh, that was actually the next question I was going to lead into, uh, Justin, you kind of answered it. We kind of answered it. Uh, but the, the question is, is what got you interested into podcasting? So we will go to to start this off? Well, um, a lot of people, they've heard it, but um, I know there's just as many and more that haven't, but I was raised as an only child, and about the age of four, uh, I started listening to the radio, and I found that I enjoyed talk radio. It was a lot of company. I may not have understood everything that was being said, but I was fascinated with it. And I've continued to listen through my entire life, and Art Bell was uh, a pretty major part of that. And uh, as I got older, then, of course, uh, John B. Wells that, that sat in. And, you know, I I had prayed to God, you know, if if you would like for me to share your word and your ministry, Lord, please make a way. And I'd gotten to know, you know, Justin Fall. And uh, three days later, though, uh, Jerry had messaged me that she needed a co-host on the Full Flood show, that uh, she was um, filling in uh, on one night a week. And this was three days, and God answered my prayer. And, you know, I wanted to have a ministry. I'd heard Justin, and 
I really enjoyed his show because he was giving the truth and he was talking about God and just getting the word out there. And that's basically how I got interested in doing the podcast because it's a wonderful way to share God's truth. And a lot of people, they need to be fed. And if you're not out in there in a church building, which you don't always find God in a church building, but there are people that are hungry for the word. And when God touches you and you ask him to fill you with his word to share, that he will do it. And there will always be a way that he will make. So he started out working through me and then putting Jerry into my life. But even before Jerry was Justin, and it just kind of all worked out. Everything that has brought us all together to the point where we're sitting at now and talking, it's all supernatural. It, it Just the way that we have all been brought together, there is no competition. We work together for God's glory and speaking the truth. And that's basically how I got into it. I just started at a very young age and... Only God knew that I would end up with the opportunity to get to do it. Absolutely. So praise God. Yeah. Praise yep. God. Well, since you brought up Supernatural, we will go to Scott and Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, for us, we really had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just sitting here one day. We're like, you know, you want to do something? I'm like, yeah, okay. What do you want to do? I don't even want to have a podcast. No, okay. no, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> oh, it's not? No, tell the real story. Oh, the real story? Yes. Okay, we were stranded. No. On this <laughs> real story. <laughs> right. I, man, I, I just feel like I need to roll my soundbite for you. That was perfect. <laughs> um, I guess it's because we had done this stuff for so many years with investigations and different things. We had a message. We know a lot of information. I've dealt with a lot of junk. And... uh you know, a lot of, not a lot of people know this stuff. Well, especially how cool I am. I mean, they need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've that? done a lot of radio. I've done, I did a radio Me show. Too. I was the radio every day. No, no. I was on the radio. I did a radio show in Chicago and in Milwaukee. And, um, I think the Lord just spoke to me one day and I just. We build a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just, you know, something I'd never done, ever. I've listened to them, but I've never, I didn't even know what I was doing. I don't even know if I still know what I'm doing. Just talking this thing and, you know. (laughs) But when God calls you to do something, you know, you don't really have to have all the answers. You just put one foot forward and you go. Oh, we'll be Scott's slave all the days of your life. God definitely put Scott in your life for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. He's he tests you every podcast. <laughs> it's a testimony that I am truly a saint. Well, you know, the thing is that you have to enjoy what you're doing, and we still give away some good information. And we absolutely. help. Well, and we've been doing helping people for, you know, literally decades now. But um, And that's what it's all about. You, know, you have to get people to listen to you. You have to enjoy what you're doing. And you want to you wanna give the message and have people understand it. And uh, we've been through a lot of junk. We've understand a lot of different things about uh, spirits and demonic stuff. And uh, you know, a lot of people put names and, and things behind stuff that they're not always very accurate. So it's like, well. Podcast so, is a good format. So. good format, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Plus, the world needs to hear me. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and if they ever have the real chance to see me, whoa. Yeah. It's going to be enlightening. No. That, that's, what, that's what I say every time I see you. <laughs> are, are you the Maitreya? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. Uh, Jerry. What? Um, okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, okay. Well, I would have to say in September 2014, I just simply wanted to find out more information about the possible Islamic Antichrist. That's all I wanted to do was just innocently do a Google, Google search. I knew that we were in the end times, still are, of course, and I just simply wanted to check that out. That's all. And I wasn't awakened to a lot of the things that we talk about now. Um, I mean, I understood supernatural stuff, but not about some of the uh, Christian conspiracy stuff. But anyway, uh, one thing led to another in such that I researched the Islamic Antichrist, and then somehow I stumbled upon Doc Marquis. And uh, Doc Marquis, if somebody doesn't know who he is, uh, he is an ex-Illuminati witch. Um, he became born again uh, when he was, I guess, in the 70s. Uh, he came from a seventh generation or what have you, Illuminati family. And uh, anyway, so since the 70s, I don't know how old he was back then, but he uh, had become a Christian and, and, and he felt that it was his mission from the Lord to share, you know, not only Jesus, but also the plans of the Illuminati and, and how to steer clear from their deception. So I was intrigued, and I went to Facebook to find him, and I saw that there was a forum uh, called Doc Marquis Triple Seven, and uh, so I asked to join, and they accepted me, and uh, I just basically tried to learn as much as I could about uh, what he was saying and what the other uh, whatever two thousand members in the forum were saying about different. Uh, things, especially about Christian conspiracy theory, I would have to say. And I just was like a sponge, um, and I just absorbed whatever they had to say. And uh, so anyway, I was on there for several months. I would say uh, September 2014 until, um, I would say, February. Uh, and Channing uh, from The Full Fledged Show had invited me to speak on his podcast, uh, on Sunday nights, and, and he nicknamed me Geraldine Heaven Surfer. I guess I I gave him the impression that I like to surf, even though I never did. <laughs> Probably because I lived in Florida at the time, but <laughs> I guess looks are deceiving or what have you. I don't know. Um, maybe it was the the quasi island look or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, so he he nicknamed me that and put me on his show Sunday nights. And I spoke about uh, maybe two times before I realized I don't like to hear the sound of my own voice for an hour. And, uh, so, and, and I, plus I felt kind of lonely doing that. I thought, I would love to have a, a Christian female host, co-hostess on board. And I, I emailed, uh, some wonderful, uh, ladies in the Lord, including my, uh, sister-in-law, Lana. And, in uh, about five or six ladies I, I had emailed, including our, uh, lovely, uh, Kay Carswell. And, uh, I met Kay Carswell through the Doc Marquis forum, by the way. And, uh, immediately, she was very open to being my co-hostess on the full-fledged show Sunday nights. And uh, we talked on the phone. It was just an immediate connection and clicking. Mm-hmm. And we just felt the confirmation and witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts that this was 
the right thing to do. And so uh, she and I had hosted maybe, I don't know, maybe six to eight uh, radio sessions there. Then we felt the Lord opened the door for us to have our own show called uh, Deception Detection. And so I um, probably about uh, six to eight shows um, in Deception Detection, uh, we just felt that the Lord was... Uh, opening the door for me to have my own show. Um, so now I've had uh, Thai Girl for God radio probably since uh, June or July, I, I think around July uh, when I was in Florida. And now uh, my husband and I uh, now live in Nevada. And uh, so I've probably been podcasting since February or so. But I would have to give a, a huge kudos to not only Miss Kay, but also... Um, Eric and Justin and Justin Aww. Fall. <laughs> so I, I, I give I give a clap from the West Coast uh, to all of you uh, because I would have to say these guys really really inspired me because I was so bored at this one job where I was just scanning and indexing all day. It was just it was like one of those movies, you know, where the where the, <laughs> the person is just bored and slobbering and everything. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to keep myself awake and alive. So, um, okay, I wasn't slobbering, but I was very bored. And um, and so I started listening to Eric and Justin's show, um, Paratruth, um, because uh, actually, uh, what predates all this was that um, I had started going to Liberty University uh, online. It's accredited Christian University. In Lynchburg, Virginia, and um, I was interested in filmmaking and such, but uh, unfortunately, I didn't go that direction. I went the direction of psychology. Um, still um, in the midst of obtaining my bachelor's in psych, even though I'm taking a long break and and won't be returning until this summer due to moving and such. Um, so anyway, uh, what predates all of this was uh, we, uh, I had taken a Christian theology, I'm sorry, a Christian and cinema class and a, and a screenwriting class. And I think Eric was in both or in one of those classes. We were, we were in at least one of those classes together, uh, definitely in the screenwriting class. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the exercises was to, uh, rewrite somebody else's, uh, screenplay, uh, Christian screenplay. And he wrote about, um, some supernatural creature, uh, the, the railroad beast or whatever. I'm sorry, Eric, could you please correct me? The Bray Road Beast. The, the, bri- the Briar Road Beast? Okay. Bray, Bray, Bray. 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 Okay. <laughs> so the, the, Bray, the Bray Road Beast. And, and so anyway, I rewrote his script according to the, the instructor's um, instructions, the teacher's instruction. And uh, we became friends on Twitter, then Facebook, and then I had been followed ever since. What's that? <laughs> I haven't been able to get rid of you since. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Vice versa. <laughs> so anyway, um, so on Facebook, uh, so we've been friends for about a year on Facebook, um, and, and the next thing you know, I see something of, of that really, really piqued my interest in podcasting was he put out um, some. Uh, his uh, introduction to his uh, his new show um, or his new old show, I'm sorry, uh, with with Justin uh, Paratruth Radio, um, and you know when I, I my ears really perked up like a dog when I I read that he he spoke from about supernatural topics from a Christian standpoint. Um, so this this uh, happened in uh, probably August I think of 2014 before I uh, got into the Doc Marquis forum. 
and uh, way before Channing invited me to podcast. So it was a it was a culmination uh, of different things occurring, coalescing into my desire to to podcast and and uh, Justin Fall and, and uh, had helped me with uh, the equipment that I'm speaking into now. This uh, the microphone and the headphones and the pop filter and everything. And of course, uh, uh, Justin, the other Justin. Uh, and Eric had helped me with uh, some other technical aspects of podcasting, and and here I am. And so I just thank all of you for helping us and helping me to to, uh, to get in the saddle. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you know, that's something that this should be all about is a a friendship between shows, not a competition. Uh, Amen. And I I think that that is a big thing is cooperation. But, uh, folks, uh, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio with our special guests, Justin Fall, Kay Carswell, Jerry Kozak, and Scott and Heidi Linden. We're going to be right back after Eric's random fact of the day. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Almost everyone has watched the ball drop in Times Square on New Year's Eve. However, have you ever wondered what it was made of? According to History.com, the ball itself is covered in 2,688 crystals. It's lit by 32,000 LEDs, is 12 feet in diameter, and weighs in at 11,875 pounds. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, we've been having our New Year's extravaganza with our panel of hosts from different shows uh, we've got Scott and Heidi Linden from Talk Supernatural, Kay Carswell from Deception Detection, Justin Fall from The Fourth Watch, and Jerry Kozak from Tie Girl for God Radio. Uh, we've been kind of just giving a little bit of intro as to how we kind of got started with all this stuff. Uh, one thing I wanted to go to, uh, because we'll, we have kind of just given a little breakdown of who we are, but uh, to get some debate here with you guys, uh, Jerry had posed, posed this question from a friend uh, about the Atlantean or the uh, Atlantis theory of the Genesis races. Uh, she said that her friend had said that uh, there's a, these conspiracy theories out there, one of which being Atlantis is the uh, began these many races, and it seems like it's a white supremacy thing. Uh, 
for me, I've never heard the white supremacist standpoint that like it sounds to me what it's trying to say is uh all civilization started in Atlantis and you know it kind of stemmed from there and basically it was just white people there as far as I'm I'm understanding this. But uh you know, I've understood Atl- Atlantis from lore and it was just basically a a story told at one point and it kind of stemmed from there but as you know everybody here knows a story or fiction stems from some type of truth so i had done different research on it you know everybody is trying to search for the lost city of atlantis and there's many theories out there that they are or had been much more technologically advanced than it should have been at the time there's believe that there was UFOs there. There was different technology there that they shouldn't have had, uh, according to historians anyways. So I want to get some opinions on this because I have never heard, like I said, the white supremacy part of it. Uh, Eric, we'll start with you. Of course you are. <laughs> because we all know how how good I am with conspiracy theories. <laughs> well, you're just so full of knowledge. <laughs> That's why you do the random fact of the day, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. Oh, jeez. Oh, you know what? I I personally have never actually researched the Atlantis conspiracy. Um, and I, I usually stay away from conspiracies, uh, most of them anyway, just because it's not really something I find interesting. But yeah, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I pass. I I don't know. I, I use my single pass. <laughs> <laughs> See now we didn't tell them that they get a single pass. So no, that was just for me only. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one on the table, and I took it. <laughs> Go for it, Jerry. Oh, gee, thanks, <laughs> Jerry. Wong. Uh, well, I actually uh, don't know too much about the uh, the theory of Atlantis. Um, I already used that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> darn it! Uh, can I use the Wikipedia pass? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure my friend uh, would is really going to appreciate me uh, drawing from the wealth of knowledge of Wikipedia. Um, I'm sure she's thinking I could have done that by myself, Jerry. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not exactly sure why the theory of Atlantis is somewhat uh, racist. Um, the only thing I could find while I, I'm skimming through my iPhone on Wikipedia right now is that it sounds like the root races initially um, in Atlantis were Mongolian and, and African and such, and then had evolved. Uh, it sounds as if my friend who uh, went on a date with a friend of hers, that particular friend had told her that um, he really, really believed in the, the theory of the root races of Atlantis. And so I'm think what I'm reading basically is that, um, the, uh, African and Mongolian, uh, and other races, um, Indians and such, uh, Malayans and what have you originated from Atlantis and then evolved into Caucasian people. Uh, so I think that's why my friend thinks it's racist. It, it probably is. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, according to the Bible, it says that 
you know, that, that Eve, uh, was the mother of all living, Adam and Eve were the mother of all living and, and they procreated and, you know, um, you know, and, and the children came along and, and such. Um, I, I saw a, a beautiful, uh, painting by Akian Kramerik and she, uh, is a Lithuanian painter, a, pro- a prodigious painter. She started painting, um, when she was six years old, uh, scenes of Jesus and, and heavenly things. And, and she felt the Lord laid on her heart to, to paint, uh, Eve, uh, who, sh- who was the mother of all living. That's what the Lord spoke to her heart. So she, uh, painted Eve and, and she looked like she, uh, had a little bit of each race, uh, Caucasian, Asian, African, uh, Indian, uh, Latino, uh, and, and such. And, and that would make sense, um, uh, versus, you know, the blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, or the, you know, or even just the, the black hair and pale skin, uh, of, uh, what we normally uh, see Eve as, uh, basically we see Eve as Caucasian because the painters were European. Uh, who painted that and such, but, but really and truly, I, I do believe Akiani's um, depiction of Eve, who was the mother of all living, she would have to genetically have uh, all of the characteristics and attributes of all the races. So I believe in the Bible, and we all believe um, in the Bible and the uh, the Genesis account of the races, and not in the uh, crazy Atlantis theory. <laughs> <laughs> Is it okay if uh, I interject something into this? Because, okay, yes, um, yeah. first of all, the root race idea, that was a very popular belief, uh, still is among the, uh, the, the theosophists going back to Nazi Germany, uh, even some of the members of the Vril Society, uh, they held to the root race theory, Madame Blavatsky. You know, people, people will often try to, they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, well, this goes back to this or this goes back to this. But we have to remember, if we're going to be historically accurate here, uh, based on ancient writings, we're dealing with Atlantis being a continent or an island that was given to the fallen angel Poseidon. And some people would call him a fallen angel. Some would call him a son of a god. A lot of different wording used there historically. But the interesting thing is that in the official Atlantis story, and if you go back, you can compare different uh, different writings on this. They They either refer to him as a god or a son of god. Which is interesting because we have the biblical narrative where we know that the sons of God would have been the Benaha Elohim, the fallen angels, the ones that created the Nephilim. And in Greek mythology, we have all the gods. Zeus would have been Lucifer, um, and then all the gods underneath Zeus. And they were, not all of them, but many of them were procreating with women and creating the Nephilim, the Herculeses, and, and these others. But Poseidon had an island. They called it Atlantis. Now, in the book of Ephesians, this is really interesting because we get into the idea of principalities. Paul says we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but with principalities. And that word principalities is literally referring to a type of government. But he just tells us that it's not an earthly government because it's not flesh and blood. So we're dealing with a spiritual government, but there's multiple spiritual governments set up around the world. So interestingly, that goes in line with the whole idea of different locations in the world are under different spiritual principalities, so different spiritual governments. The fallen angels were not killed in the flood, so they were able to come and continue on what they were doing before the flood, but they were also able to pass on the stories and the religions that they had set up before the flood. So really, you get into the idea of a root race, well, yeah, that definitely, uh, the idea of that had to come from somewhere, and it's very possible that it came uh, from some of the doctrine of a fallen angel, but much of the doctrine that we have in theosophy that comes from channeled material. So people will be channeling, they'll get this vision, or they'll start doing the automatic writing, and then they'll, before you know it, they've got doctrine that they're putting into books. But the actual place of Atlantis, 
And uh, my buddy Gary Wayne really did a good job of breaking down the idea that it was an island and we can actually go and say, based on history, this is where it would have been before the Great Flood. So Atlantis was not only a, a, a big island or a continent, many people call it a continent, but we're, we're talking about a place that was like an epicenter of major technology, Nephilim nobility bloodlines. It was set up in a way that would always be remembered. And Poseidon had to have been pretty high up when you're dealing with the fallen angel hierarchy because he was set up with his own principality. So I just want to throw that in there, just a little tidbit of the history of Atlantis. Um, I do plan on doing a show on Atlantis, going a whole lot deeper, breaking down a lot of the theories. But, you know, people are going to say stuff like that about the root races. Um, I mean, that really, it goes back to the idea Hitler was a big subscriber to the root race from what I've studied. And he believed in the Aryan race, that they were the best. Right. And that would have been a type that would have been one of the types of the root race because I forget how many, I forget how many were total listed there. I know Wikipedia probably has them listed, but in reality, the Aryans, they said the Aryans were the people that were coming down. Like the, the I believe the fallen angels that were appearing to Hitler and they were appearing to the, the real society and uh, Himmler and all these others. I think that they were very possibly fallen angels that were just taking on a certain form appearing to be that of a root race. Because we all know at the end of the day, if there's any truth to the root races, they would have to be some sort of hybrids because there's nothing in scripture about them. Uh, I mean, all we have in scripture is about Nephilim. We've got the fallen angels and the Nephilim. So I, I tend to believe, my opinion on it, is that the root race theory, if there's any truth to it, it's all based on different types of hybrids that were created. But I don't know if I would connect that to Atlantis. That's kind of, a, in my opinion, that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, well, and I mean, everybody knows that, uh, you know, Hitler was big on on the Aryan race, and he was touching base on a lot of different uh, paranormal and supernatural things that uh, I, I would say most people shouldn't be tapping. Everybody shouldn't be tapping into. But uh, yeah, I, I had kind of heard that too, that they were kind of not only stemming from that, but also searching for Atlantis on top of that. Um, all right, Kay, how about you? Do you have anything to interject on that? Well, to be honest, that's an area I've never really studied so I'm going to excuse myself from okay. this question because I don't want to give people the wrong information because I'm totally blank on it. All right. How about Scott and Heidi? Well, I do a lot of research in, in any kind of belief just because I like to know what other people are thinking and where they get things. I don't like to be blindsided sometimes when because we deal with a lot of people that are involved with the New Age and the occult. And Atlantis is just, it's huge. And it's just not talked about as much because other things have come up and surfaced. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, every myth and folklore and legend comes from somewhere. There's there's some truth to it. Is it is what everybody thinks? I personally don't believe so. But I guess my opinion really doesn't matter because, you know, with us, what we do is, if it's not in the four corners of the word of God, it's going to take us away from it. And I think that, Atlantis and what it's become is like is a doctrine of the devil because it's taking people away from the truth of the word. And I I know that there's, you know, theories and then they they add this and they take out that and it's been so long we I don't think we'll ever get to the fact. But, you know, if you're going to be talking about, you know, the white supremacy and all that, oh my goodness, I don't even know where they would connect that. You know, they're just going to try to connect everything that they can. And that's, that's the background I came out of. I came out of the fact that, 
if I liked it, I put it in my little suitcase of beliefs and, you know, came up with my own thing. And I called myself a Christian. And I mean, I I don't even know what I was. I was like a mutt because I had so many different beliefs. I I liked what this person said. I didn't like what that person said. So if we, if we're going to be talking about these things, you know, we do need facts and I don't think we're ever going to get them. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, some of the things that we hear and I would love to know the answers, but I just don't think we're ever going to get them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I personally have been to Lansing. <laughs> of course you have, Scott. <laughs> you've been everywhere, man. I've seen you in several paintings from from Greek painters, and you've been in several poems well, as well. I, I, I don't believe. know if you I don't know if you know this, Justin, but Scott actually owns the Magic School Bus. <laughs> That's a secret he's been keeping. But. It is what it is, brother. <laughs> well, I, I want to add like this whole idea of uh, what exactly was the first race that God created, you know? Were, were, were they white? Were they black? Were they Asian? You know, what were they? And there's a lot of debate as to, and I see this a lot, especially uh, in certain areas of the country where there's segregation. Uh, you'll see, like, statues or pictures of Jesus as a black person, you know? Or you'll see him as a white person, or you'll see him Asian or whatever. And the people are always trying to make him just like their race. And... The truth is we don't really know what color he was or what he looked like. We're not supposed to know. Uh, and as for Adam and Eve, obviously there's no way to know what they were exactly, you know, what, what color they were or what they looked like or anything like that. But the one theory that I came across uh, in, in some of the studies, uh, biblical studies through school, and it has to do with the whole idea of Noah and getting the animals on the ark, because God had two of each kind of animal. Now, if we had two of like each kind and every branch of that kind, because we know there's a number of different types of cats, a number of different types of dogs and, you know, bear and spiders and so on and so forth, they wouldn't all fit on the ark. But instead, he took two of each kind. So you have two cats, two wolves, two, you know, two birds or whatever. And somewhere in there, there's a recessive gene. And I think it would be the same way with Adam and Eve. Whatever race they were, they had a recessive gene, which ultimately produced all the races that we have today. How exactly that works, I don't know. But God planned it out so intricately that he only had to start with two people that were possibly the very same, you know, what we consider race, even though I don't believe God believes in race whatsoever. Right. Uh and that recessive gene just so happens to create us as we are today and how many people there are. So I don't think there's much of a debate as to or even why it matters, you know, what race anyone was. Because in the end, when you read the scriptures, there's no true detail as to what God looks like. It's like, why are you trying to put him in a race? Why does it make him better yeah. to be one color compared to the it other? It looks like supremacy. People, one thing I noticed on Facebook and, and really the idea of races and, and even the whole root race thing, I have to agree with Heidi that when you get into the root race stuff, I think it's a distraction, first of all, and it, and it puts people up on pedestals, makes people think that they were the first race and they're better. Jesus was black, and so their race is better. I see a lot of that stuff on Facebook. A lot of a lot of people, and, and I'm not being racist when I say this. Unfortunately, people might take this the wrong way, but a lot of there's a black movement called the Black Hebrew Roots Movement, and they are so adamant on letting everyone know that we're all dogs except for the black race because they're the real Jews and that Jesus was black and that we've all been deceived. And it doesn't matter what color Jesus was. I totally agree with you. And the whole, we have to also just 
remind everybody that might be listening, the idea of root race theory, it's a theory and it's an occult belief system. It has nothing to do with scripture. So, I mean, it has demonic origins, you know, whether there's any truth to the Nephilim connection, I don't know. But what we do know is that it's not of God and that however it started, be it a lie or some strange experiment, it's still, it's satanic. And it all goes back to putting people up on a pedestal, trying to be better than other people based on their DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And We're going to get those t-shirts that say, like, Atlantis Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Children of Poseidon, all unite. <laughs> and the one thing that I think I believe overall is kind of like what Eric was saying. We don't know, you know, because it said that we were created in, in the image of God. So maybe God is a combination of all races, and that's how Adam and Eve started. And then, as Eric said, that recessive gene kind of went each direction for each child that they had, maybe, or as the line kept going on. So I, I think it kind of, you guys all have very good points on all of it. But, yeah, in the long run, really, who cares about what happened in Atlantis? What, what we need to know is, is put out before us every day, really, um, and, you know, that's one reason all of us do what we do. We bring the truth that we're finding or the, the false stuff that we're finding and just bring it to, to our listeners to let them decide what really is the truth and not the truth. I've got another question here from a listener. Uh, his name is Justin Turner. And I apologize, Justin, if I screw this question up. I'm not sure if I'm understanding this right. And... I kind of shared this with Kay to kind of give me some depth on this. He says, could prayer and direction be addressed as to end these things that are earthly, like binding and loosing and deliverance and spiritual gifts from the third heaven? Kay, I'm going to give this to you because you kind of explain it to me and see if you can shed some light on this. Well, I hope so. Um, the wording is a little bit difficult, but... I believe that he was just looking for a way that we can call on God because supposedly God's, um, where his throne is, is in the third heaven. And the third heaven is above where the stars are. The first heaven is considered on earth. Then you've got the second heaven, which is considered to be the atmosphere. And then the third heaven is the universe. And I think that what he was asking is if we're able to take prayer and use that to get rid of all the evil everywhere. Um, that there's evil that exists out there as well as here, but I believe also in other dimensions that it can go into. And I believe prayer can reach everywhere that we're not limited. We can pray and whatever we pray for, as long as we are sincere and it's in line with what God expects of us, then that prayer will be answered if it's his will. But there are no limits to what prayer can do. Because God has given us the power. Jesus says right in the Bible that when he leaves, he is going to send his comforter. 
and he gives all the power that he had to us. So we are able to use prayer to get rid of the evil. Um, we just have to really believe, and it has to be sincere. And the Bible also states that when two or more come together in his name, that God is in the midst, and he hears every single prayer. And I don't feel that we have any limitations as far as the heavenly realms of how far the prayer can reach. And that is just what I took from that question. We can battle Satan in every single realm. Okay. I hope that answered. Yeah, that's the best explanation that I, I can I can hear so far. Uh, anybody else got any insight on this for him? Well, prayer is extra dimensional. If you really want to get into those terms, you're, uh, we have, when Christ died and, and rose from the grave, he, he defeated death. He made an open mockery of defeat to all the demons, to Satan. And that defeat was done outside of time. I think that's important for everyone to understand who might be wondering about this. There is no power on this earth that's demonic, that hasn't already been defeated in eternity. That's what's so beautiful about this. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around some of this stuff sometimes because we're living inside of time. But when we really think about it, we're given the power that Christ left us with. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God inside of us. We've got certain power, and the Bible talks about certain gifts that the Holy Spirit will come upon you that you can even operate in in these last days. And uh, I believe that I don't believe that the gifts stopped. I think that that's a conversation for another time because I think there's a lot of counterfeit gifts out there that are being operated in churches. But regardless, there are real gifts. The, the Bible talks about it. But when you pray, sometimes you have to fast as well in order to overcome certain demons. The Bible is very clear. There was a situation where the apostles were trying to cast out a demon, and afterwards Jesus finally had to come and do it, and they they didn't understand. You know, why, why couldn't we do it? Why weren't we able to, to do this? And some demons only come out with prayer and fasting. So, again, you're dealing with prayer is our ultimate weapon, but we also have to realize that it's, it's the prayer of a righteous person. I believe it's in James that talks about that. Uh, a prayer, uh, a faithful prayer of a righteous person. That's what we have to live, a, a life where we're filled with the Holy Spirit, a life where we're seeking the Lord, and that we're not constantly falling into sin that's going to put a wedge between us and the Lord's protection. But prayer is our weapon. And the Word of God, that's the ammunition. So, I mean, our faith is based on the Word of God. That's our sole understanding of God. That's what He's given us. So, prayer is, goodness gracious, if somebody's going to go into a deliverance situation, they need to be fasted and prayed up. Amen. Anybody else? That's what Justin said. That's actually something that, that we encountered early on as well when we were trying to help a client and there was, there was something, you know, definitely demonic going on and, and we didn't know how to handle it. And we went in there with scripture. We went in there, uh, we prayed and we were unsuccessful and we left there. We, we felt defeated, we, but that's because we didn't have full truth. And we decided that week that we were going to go back, but we just had to figure out how to help these people. And a friend of ours that was on our in our team, he actually found that scripture in the Bible that Justin was talking about. Now, the problem was we were using a particular version of the Bible. We were using the NIV. And the NIV version says this kind can only come out by prayer. But the King James version says this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. 
So it, it often depends on what version of the Bible you're using as well. So what we did was we did pray and we did fast. And we went back and we were successful in getting rid of what was going on there. So you, you have to be so careful. You know, like you said, you have to be prayed. You have to be fasted. up, And, you know, it's you have to be sincere because there are so many people. I mean, just like in my book, you know, with the seven sons of Siva. And they, they had truth. They just didn't have full truth. And they went out and they were defeated. And they had no clue why. And so we have to know truth before we go out. And we made so many mistakes. And it's by those mistakes is how we found the Lord, you know, and, and how we can help other people now. Mm-hmm. Amen. Jerry? What resonated in my mind was uh, that verse in Ephesians what, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers and the world rulers of this present darkness, which is actually the title of a book by Frank E. Peretti, which is very good, that talks about spiritual warfare. It's a fictional account, but nonetheless, it's a great book about the reality of spiritual warfare. Um, I definitely believe in the power of prayer and fasting. Um, it's scriptural, and and I can definitely see the fruits of it in my own life. The analogy that I thought of with regards to prayer and fasting is, you know when you're trying to get a radio station to come in clearly, and uh, you, know, you turn it to the left, you turn it to the right, and it's just still kind of staticky, kind of like how I probably sound now, um, or even worse, but... When you're trying to get uh, the the radio station in to to sound perfectly, uh, you just try to you know roll around the dial until you basically get the uh, person's voice clear. If you're listening to talk radio uh, or music or whatever, um, and and I feel that prayer and fasting is similar to uh, getting uh, like satellite radio, you know, like uh, a clear message from God. Uh, and uh, I just feel that uh, prayer and fasting is is very effective and it's scriptural. And uh, I think it delivers the one-two punch to the enemy to total not totally knock him out a TKO um, versus you know just prayer alone um, or just rebuking alone or whatever is more like uh, you know punches that you know uh, kind of you know hurt the enemy a little bit here and there, but prayer combined with fasting and combined with uh, rebuking uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit in, in Jesus' name, that that, that will drive uh, the demonic spirits out from a person, or even if they're harassing you. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> you know, we have to take a quick break here, but I do want to continue this discussion about prayer and fasting i want to throw something out there and just get everyone's opinion as well uh but first we are going to jump to justin's paranormal headlines stay tuned we'll be right back and now paratruth radio's paranormal headlines how's it going para fans justin here with your paranormal headlines And these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Castaway is sued over cannibalism claims. A man who survived 438 days adrift at sea is being sued for $1 million over claims that he ate his companion. Fisherman Jose Salvador Alvarenga and his friend Ezequiel Cordoba had set off from Mexico on a two-day fishing trip all the way back in November 2012. But when the pair ran into difficulties, they found themselves adrift in the Pacific with little in the way of supply. Alvarenga 
was eventually rescued over 14 months later near the Marshall Islands, a distance of 6,500 miles from his original starting point. He had managed to keep himself alive throughout his ordeal by eating fish and birds as well as by drinking rainwater and the blood of sea turtles. Cordoba, however, was not so lucky and after just four months had unfortunately succumbed to the effects of living on a diet of nothing but raw meat. No trace of his remains has ever been found. Despite Alvarenga's insistence that he had never turned to cannibalism, Cordoba's family is now understood to be suing the castaway in the belief that he had eaten his shipmate to stay alive. According to reports, his family members are requesting the sum of $1 million over the incident. The case comes just days after the release of a book detailing Alvarenga's ordeal. I believe that this demand is part of the pressure from this family to divide the proceeds of royalties, said his lawyer, Ricardo Cucalan. Many believe the book is making my client a rich man, but what he will earn is much less than the people think. Siberian City wants a cat to run for mayor. Residents in Bernal have become so fed up with politicians that they've resorted to voting for a cat. The bizarre turn of events came about after an unofficial online poll run by a social media website resulted in 91% of the votes being cast in favor of an 18-month-old cat named Barsic. The peculiar outcome is thought to be the result of growing public dissatisfaction with the political system following a string of high-profile corruption cases in the region. People don't know who to trust anymore, said Yevgeny Kuznetsov, a pensioner who lives in the area. They have come to the conclusion that they can't trust the authorities. Officials from the country's current opposition parties have welcomed the cat with open arms and consider the result to be a form of protest against the way regional politics has been run. Barsic is planning to outline his position on the pressing political issues of our region, said the administrator of the social media site responsible for the poll. It could also boost the city's tourism industry. Like it or not, Barsic is part of the political establishment of the region, and he will not give up on his political ambitions. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, Para fans? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. We are speaking with Scott and Heidi Linden of Talk Supernatural, Jerry Kozak of Tie Girl for God Radio, Kay Carswell of Deception Detection Radio, and Justin Fall of the Fourth Watch Radio Network. Uh, this is our New Year's extravaganza. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And right before break, we are talking about prayer and fasting. There is something quite important I want to bring up because many times over, I I know I'm one of these people in the past, I I always did this, and there's a lot of people these days that don't quite understand how to pray or fast. Uh, You know, a lot of people think that if you just 
Catholicism in particular. You know, you say a couple of uh, Lord's prayers and a couple of Hail Marys, you're forgiven of sin. Uh, you read, get a book of prayers, you read those prayers, you're good. You're talking to God, you're fine. The truth is, that's not the truth. Uh, personally, in my opinion, and based on scripture, prayer always has to come from the heart. It should be something that you come up with and it shouldn't be repetitive. Uh, you know, oftentimes I, even today, I still fall into repetitive prayer, especially when I'm saying grace before, uh, eating a meal. And that's often because of my own selfishness and I'm hungry that I just want to get through the prayer quickly and eat. Uh, and so I often catch myself saying the same thing over and over. And that's something that I, uh, it's a fault of my own and something that I'm working on. But that's something we don't want to do. We don't want to get into this repetitive nature of praying to God because when it becomes repetitive, it's no longer uh, as heartfelt. It, it's not as loving toward God. It's not really building a relationship with him. It's just like going through the same constant motion over and over, and that gets boring after a while, even to God. Uh, and as for fasting, a lot of people think that in order to fast, based on what the Bible tells us, that means you have to stop eating. But I'm going to be the one to stop and say that that's not true. You don't have to just stop eating. You know, maybe instead of not eating, you fast from television. If you watch television a lot, or maybe you fast from the radio or video games or your telephone, you know, you turn it off for a couple of hours. Pray and meditate on God. Look for him to fill the void that maybe the telephone normally does for you or that Facebook normally does for you. It doesn't always have to be food. Fasting can be a number of different things. Uh, and, of course, those are just my two opinions. It's open to all of you if you have any objections or vice versa. Can I jump in real quick? Um, Go for it. I, I love you, bro, uh, but I do disagree with you. Uh, first of all, oh. I think I, I think you can fast from things. I, I totally agree because fasting, the you're true to the definition of taking something out. But I think for spiritual warfare, I think we have to look at the way that Jesus fasted. And he didn't take bread. Matter of fact, he even went a step further. Uh, it was 40 days and 40 nights he was fasting from bread and water. But... Some people will go back to Daniel, and and this does create a little bit of a gray area. Um, and again, I'm just giving you my opinion based on what I've studied in Scripture. It's my opinion on this. Um, but I do believe that to fast and to really fast and make a difference in the spirit realm, we do have to fight the flesh. And TV is fleshly, but the biggest part of the flesh, I believe, based on what we see in Scripture, is going to be refraining from eating. That I just want to throw in. That is my opinion. Um, I would love if somebody else wanted to chime in. I'll, I'll chime in. Um, I have to agree with you. Um, there has to be a, how do you say it, a, a level of suffering. But when you are fighting with spiritual warfare, you are fighting against a spirit world. You cannot fight spirit world, the flesh. You have to fight it with your spirit. And the only way you're going to lock into that spirit is deny the flesh. So you have to deny the flesh. Does that mean you have to starve to death to nearly die? No. But you should, you should be fasting against something that is not easy. Um, something like, yeah, a couple meals. Um, um, maybe for some people can fast two or three days and, and that's when that spirit's really going to wake up. Unless you've actually gone a couple days fasting like I have, will you know that weakness of the flesh? But the spirit, your dreams will become very vivid. A lot of uh, uh, your mind will work a little bit different. So, yeah, you do. Um, it, I mean, there's, there's different levels of fasting too. If you're fasting you know, for some small thing, maybe, yeah, maybe you can just skip a few things, but you want God's attention, you're going to have to deny the flesh to get God's attention. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Do you mind Anybody if I else? chime in? Go ahead, go for it. 
what about a combination of both of your viewpoints? Um, both meaning, uh, Justin Fall and, and, uh, Scott, uh, as well as Eric's, uh, viewpoints. Um, I think that it's important to deny the flesh, to deny our sinful nature, carnality, etc., through fasting of food and or water for a period of time. Uh, but of course, not to the point of death, like you said, or starvation and what have you. Um, but also uh, to deny ourselves of worldly pleasures. Do we spend a lot of time on Facebook? I know I do. Um, less time these days, because sometimes it can be really unproductive, especially, you know, these little, you know, uh, you, know you can get into these debates that could go hours on, on end and what have you. So whatever you spend a whole lot of time in versus spending time with the Lord, uh, whether if you're fast Facebook and social media or television or video games or what have you, I think it's important to do both because you can't fast and pray with abstinence from food without abstaining also from media. So that's kind of a combination of the two viewpoints. So my, my psychology degree is coming out a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, just my two cents worth. No, I totally agree with you, Jerry, too, because, you know, there's, there's times too where, I mean, I always have to follow suit by what, you know, what Jesus did. So that's, that's my starting point. But at that point, then I would go into prayer and ask God, what else can I do or what else should I do? I mean, if I sit there and I fast for three days, but I'm watching uh, episodes of The Walking Dead and I think I can go out and cast out demons, it ain't going to happen. Amen. Right. We have to deny our flesh, you know, of all those things that are going to bring in darkness because we're trying to fight darkness. I use those skills. <laughs> so it's, I think, you know, the foundation should always be the word and we should deny ourselves our flesh of, of food because that that's what we feel sustains us and the word of god should be our bread should be our food and that you know and that's how jesus was able to defeat satan with the word alone and then he did fast from food and they obviously didn't have tv back then but the thing is you know what is each of our vices and and what are we putting over god because that's what satan's going to use against us during spiritual warfare so i think Starting at the word and, and, you know, fasting from food and then fasting individually from whatever we w- could be defeated with. Amen. Absolutely. I have to agree too with, uh, Jerry and Heidi on that. That's how I see it. You have to not only give up what you crave to eat, but you also have to give up what your body craves to do and what it enjoys. And that is the only way that you're going to have that breakthrough. So I totally agree with them. I agree with all of you, but I really agree with Jerry and Heidi honing in on what they did. All right. Well, I will openly admit that I do not follow the Bible as much as I probably should. But uh, as naturally as that that comes to a lot of people, I have a hard time doing that. But with that being said, I find myself almost every day fasting from something, maybe not prayer all the time, but I do will just naturally for no reason at all, I will not be hungry. I will just go through an entire day not eating or most of the day not eating. And I try to unplug regularly, uh, Unfortunately, not as much as I probably should, but I, I try to unplug because 
all of these things are a distraction just to a life of, of pro, uh, productivity. Like, how are you supposed to be productive in your in yourself, in your faith, in your work, uh, with being distracted from from all of those things? So I, I kind of agree with everybody on this. Um, I truly believe that at some point, whether it be just a couple hours a day or if you want to take a day or two to fast from something or if you want to call it unplugging, if you want to call it not eating, whatever you guys want to call it, I believe that we should all be doing that just because, first off, it's brain overload if, if you don't un- unplug every once in a while. Uh, secondly, uh, a lot of people believe that the only way to flush your body of and any toxins and whatnot is to either fast or a lot of people go through a cleansing process. I don't believe in that. Um, but, but to fast your body's processing all the, the stuff that you take in from a day and letting it all go out. So. Mm-hmm. I, I truly agree with with everybody on this. Um, again, like I said, I'm I'm not a, a huge follower of the Bible as I, I probably should be, but I do believe that yes, we should all be fasting at at some point. Um, but one thing I want to comment on, Justin, that you mentioned because at the beginning, I know you didn't mean it this way, but at the beginning you had said, uh, you know, sometimes you fast more so than you you fast more than you know. Because there's times where you're just not hungry and so you don't eat. And I just want to point out that there is a big difference for those people out there, uh, viewers who are listening. There's a big difference between not eating because you're not hungry and not eating because you choose purposely not to eat for whatever other reason. Because uh, when you're not hungry, obviously, you're very content. You have no reason to rely on God whatsoever. But when you're purposely choosing not to eat and you start to hunger for food and you pray to God for the contentment for help, and then you just start relying on him and focusing on him, that's when your prayer life starts to strengthen and your bond with Christ begins to strengthen. And so as you continue, and I don't know if any of you here talking with us uh, have, have witnessed this as well, but there's sometimes where you can go, you know, three or four days, and once you get to that point of, you know, the third day or the fourth day, it becomes a whole lot easier, and you're not even that hungry anymore. The first day is the worst. Oh my goodness. By by like eight o'clock at night and like your roommates are eating. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing it on purpose too. No, but you know, but I want to make a point though. When you fast, uh, the Bible gives very clear instructions that it's not, you don't need to be like, like the, the hypocrites or the Pharisees that would go out into public and say, you know, blow the trumpets. Everybody listen here. I'm fasting today. Uh, it needs to be that, that personal thing. Uh, anoint your head. Literally go fix your hair. Get cleaned up. You know, mm-hmm. do brush your teeth, of course, <laughs> and uh, get on out and do business as usual. Um, but that fasting time, and and I just say this for anyone listening that might not be familiar. Jesus said, "When you fast," he didn't say, "If you fast." He said, "When you fast, do these things." And you want to put on the same persona, the same look that you would normally have. Uh, you don't want to be putting on sackcloth and ashes. Um, you just you basically want to go out and do life. And when you get hungry and you start, your flesh starts just desiring food. You just pray. Become a prayer warrior, just nail it out, pray, and you're fighting the flesh. And I want to say something else. When you can defeat the flesh from food, when you're living normal life and you start getting temptations, uh, be it drugs or pornography or the way you're treating somebody, whatever, anything like that, when you can defeat the flesh with food, because, I mean, food is, that's your staple to live. Once you can get past that, 
you can you can really overcome any other fleshly temptation once you've learned that you can overcome food. So it really is a spiritual practice. Um, and I totally agree with Eric. It's, you know, it's not about just not eating today. It's about I'm specifically not eating because I'm fasting. I'm petitioning the Lord. I'm building up my spirit, man. So I think it's awesome to fast, and I think that we are commanded to fast. I think it's really clear about that in Scripture. Um, it is a gray area for some people that have to take certain medications. Um, I don't have all the answers there. I just know what I have to do in my personal walk based on what I've seen in Scripture. Yeah. And it is important to to pray while you're fasting. Otherwise, it's just a hunger strike. Exactly. <laughs> otherwise, you're Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and one more thing I want to add, because, you know, I, I, there's a lot of like minds out there. And, you know, with our whole discussion here about fasting and how God commands us to fast, you know, Jesus commands us to fast. It's something we should be doing. Just because you don't fast does not mean you lose your salvation. It's yeah, you fasting. Oh, you're going to hell if you. I like this guy. Apparently, we have God on the on the radio with us right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a purpose for these things too. I understand what was being said too about the idea of sometimes just shutting down some media, certain down, just kind of clear your own mind. Maybe not a distinct purpose for God, or just a little shutdown for yourself, which is good. But when it comes down to actually working with spirits or demons or or trying to help somebody or or get God's question, yeah, you're going to have to fast with some food, some water, and maybe some of that other stuff too, a combination or whatever. But there needs to be a, a rising of the spirit and a falling of the flesh one way or another, no matter how you do it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, folks, uh, we are coming close to the end of the show here. So I wanted to give everybody really fast to uh, tell everybody where they can find all of you guys. We'll start with Justin. Uh, Justin, you were just talking. <laughs> well, I can't give my own information out because otherwise <laughs> it would be pointless to have you guys on the show. So Okay, I just want to take the opportunity, first of all, to say that I watched King of the Hill. Okay, now if I'm fasting, I'm not going to watch King of the Hill, but there's this hilarious episode <laughs> called Bobby Goes Nuts, and Bobby's a little kid. Now, I, can, 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 I, can I do this? Can I just do this real quick? Sure. Okay, it's really cool because Bobby is getting beat up by everybody. He's getting bullied around, and so he goes to the YMCA to get self-defense classes. All the classes are filled. He ends up getting put in a women's self-defense class, and they, <laughs> they basically teach the little guy to yell at the person, the perpetrator, say, I don't know you, give me back my purse, and then kick him between the legs. And it's hilarious because he's, like, going around doing this, like, the whole episode. And he's a boy. Let's not forget that. But I've seen this episode. (laughs) Can I just just play my soundbite? I made this for a ringtone today. Yeah, go ahead. That has nothing to do with my contact information. Um, Are you I sure just, about that? Is that is that the best way to contact you? I'm gonna use you? that in my next investigation. I'm gonna bring out my. That's my purse. So what happened was you asked me, you were asking me my contact information, and I say I don't know you. Okay. Um, you can find me at fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. Number four T H radio.blogspot.com. That's radio quality. Um, if you have bandwidth, check that out. If you want to listen to the podcast quality, you can go to Spreaker Radio, 
uh, Spreaker.com. Just look up Justin Fall, J-U-S-T-E-N, and uh, or just type in the Fourth Watch, Fourth Watch Radio Network. Or if you want and you've got a smartphone, you can just type my name in, Justin Fall, J-U-S-T-E-N-F-A-U-L-L. Get my free app. Got all the show archived in there, and it doesn't take much data. So definitely check me out, and uh, thank you, guys. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you can find me every Sunday night, 7 o'clock, with a new episode on Spreaker. You can find Deception Detection. And I'm also on iTunes, YouTube, Podkicker, iHeart, Facebook. It's under K Carswell or Deception Detection, uh, Google+, Tumblr, and Twitter. And you can also reach me directly at Deception Detection Radio at Yahoo.com. And thanks for having me on tonight, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. Jerry. Well, I'm kind of in the process of a transition here. I've had um, a Spreaker account uh, since the summer. Um, and right now it's at Spreaker.com forward slash T-H-A-I-G-I-R-L, the number four, G-O-D. And so that's my temporary uh Spreaker account, and the reason why I say temporary is because uh, I am very blessed and grateful and honored and privileged to uh, have been requested uh, by or invited by uh, Eric and uh, Justin from Paratruth Radio to uh, be part of their network. So they're starting uh, Paratruth Radio Network as of January 1st, and uh, they invited yay, yay praise <laughs> God. They invited me, and they invited uh, Scott and Heidi Linden of Talk Supernatural. And uh, so for right now, you could find me on, uh, like I said, Spreaker.com forward slash Tiger for God. Or you could go to my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com forward slash Tiger for God. Although I do warn you that you might have to sift through some uh, unlikely animal friend cat and dog videos and such. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, if you click on my videos, then you'll see um, the various um, YouTube uh, videos that were created from the Spreaker account and such and, and um, some other funny videos. But anyway, um, so that those are the two ways you can find me. But after January 1st, you could find uh, my podcasts on uh, the uh, very awesome Paratruth Radio Network uh, website. Uh, I believe it is paratruthradio.com or is it going to be a different website, guys? We're actually gonna, we're gonna be switching everything over. So once that happens, we will, uh, you know, let everybody know that, uh, the new website is up, the, the new speaker is active, which it, it basically will be. I'm just switching stuff over. Um, so it, you will be able to find Tiger Girl for God on there and all of her old episodes will be uploaded as well as her new stuff as she, as she starts to upload guys. Um, all right, uh, Scott and Heidi for right now. Where can we find you? Oh, uh, you can find us at our uh, SWAT Spiritual Warfare and Truth website. Um, it's eph612swat.com. And our podcast, Talk Supernatural Radio, is at tsradio.net. Heidi, you made it through another entire radio show with him. Congratulations. Wait <laughs> till I stop. <laughs> hey, you, I gotta say, you guys, um, it's nice to meet y'all. Uh, I've heard about you guys and I've uh, seen y'all on Paratruth, so uh, it's nice to make y'all's acquaintance. Yes. But, but I, I do, I do want to give you guys just a little bit of criticism. I'm looking at your picture here and your microphone looks like it's made out of paper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only the picture. The real thing is here. <laughs> Sorry, I was just playing. <laughs> I will build you a paper microphone that will exceed all paper microphones. <laughs> You're gonna need one big enough for Scott, though. His mouth. That's my purse. I don't know you. All right. So funny. Uh, <laughs> at first, well, I thought. Oops, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> at, at first, I thought Justin Fall had had played that Bobby sound bite from uh, the King of the Hill because I thought he was going to give a mini. Lesson. I thought he was going to analogize that. <laughs> like, you could be like Bobby too. See, ladies and gentlemen, what we see here, we see a young boy who's being degenderized. <laughs> it was an accident earlier. The who? Uh, what is it? Uh, the song for Heidi and Scott uh, about the fox. That's what the fox says, and we're missing. Ben they just Hill. like that that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> I love it. What, what fox? What paper? Microphone? I don't. What is going on here? <laughs> you, you just—you've been spending too much time in Atlantis, bro. <laughs> That's it. Watery place. <laughs> well, it is just about the end of the show there, so I want to thank everybody, Justin. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I know it's been a while since you and I talked. It's been a pleasure and an honor, as always. Thank you, guys. It's uh, it's a pleasure and honor for me as well. And uh, it's been really cool coming together with everybody. And uh, just want to say from the fourth watch and just have a happy new year. Awesome. Absolutely. Happy new year, bro. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. Ooh, I like that. I don't know where it came from, though. Actually, if that came, if that came from Justin, I can't receive it. <laughs> it's like a kiss. I haven't had All one of those years. <laughs> All right. Who gave the duck Oh, man. Uh, Kay, I want to thank you as well. I, I know uh, I've talked to you quite a bit more than I've talked to Justin in the past, actually. You don't know, man. <laughs> but uh yeah, Kay, thanks for coming on. It's it's awesome to talk to you as always. Uh, I know you and I we have to do another another show together for the movie. Yes, we do, and I can't wait. And I mean you did say that we are sponsoring you, so you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thanks for having me on. It's always an awesome experience to talk with you all and uh I'm looking forward to getting to know Heidi and Scott better too. I tell you what, I, every once in a while, I have a dream and I hear Scott's voice and I wake up in a cold sweat. I'm just freaking out. Make a point. Sweat, sweat, sweat. I did. True story. I was looking in the mirror today. I was just going over some of the stuff we were doing for the show today. And I started just doing the whole SWAT thing. Just SWAT, SWAT, SWAT. <laughs> like, oh, no. No. That was your OCD taking over. Sounds dangerous. All right. Uh, well, Kay and Justin, we are going to let you go. We have to finish up some stuff with uh, Scott and Heidi and Gerilyn. So thank you so much, guys. It, you've made it an awesome show. And I am truly privileged to have... Four other great shows that I think are heading into the limelight of, of the podcasting community right now. And I mean that from the bottom of my Aww. heart. 
Well, awesome. thank you, and God bless to all of you yep. and to all the listeners too. Praise God! Thank you guys for having hey, us, and uh, God bless you all, and grace and peace. All right, have a good night, guys. You too. Good night. Bye. 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 All right. Jerry, Scott, and Woo-hoo. Heidi, we are coming to the end here, but uh, Eric and I wanted to officially welcome you to Paratruth Radio Network, guys. I truly believe that we are forming a great thing here. Uh, you guys, as I just said, are heading into the limelight of, of podcasting. Whether you want to or not, you, we are all breaking down doors and barriers. And I truly believe that you guys are two of the best of the best shows that are out there right now. Aw, podcast Aww. love. <laughs> <laughs> Digital hugs. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> like, like, hot buddy. <laughs> all right, fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I do want you guys to know that uh you know we will get everything up and set up for you and ready to go. Mm-hmm. We were privileged and honored honored to have you guys on to do the the round table with with everybody as well because you guys are coming on with us and uh Eric anything you want to add to them before we let them go and finish up? This doesn't happen often, so you might want to record this for yourselves, but uh <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, I know. We love you too. I'm gonna go throw up now, so I'll be back. (laughs) I I didn't hear that. That's your your, uh, annual compliment. Yeah, (laughs) that once a year. Awesome, awesome. Now you're more like Scott every day. What's happening? Oh no. (laughs) Does that mean I'm more like Heidi every day? That's uh, that's very hurtful. Well, just in the fact that means I'm becoming a woman, and I don't, I don't want that. So well, what it's worth, Heidi? He's just like become that. Demon Justin now. So. Oh, okay. so I passed the title. You passed the title. You're free. What about Demon Dave? Um. <laughs> Who is Demon Dave? He's from Night Stalkers. Uh, he, he was the voice that used to do our our intro. It really was just. Me distorting my voice, but we we decided to call him Demon <laughs> Dave. That's so funny. What? So, yeah. There wasn't a real me. Demon Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell Scott Huddy a quick story, real quick? Really fast. Yep. Okay, really fast. Okay, so last night um, I was having some issues with recording, um, and uh, I I asked Justin and Erica, look, what should I use to record? And they said, oh, you should use. Um, you know, with this particular program. And I said, well, what's the cost? And there was a silence. And then Eric said, your soul. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, he he said, he said, just kidding. You know, just in case if I thought he was serious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with, with the money that you pay, you you might as well be selling your your soul to get it done. But um, all right, guys, I'm gonna we're gonna let you guys go. Thank you so much for being on, and once again, welcome to Paratruth Radio Network. Yay! Yay. Thanks for having us, you guys. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome. So are you. So we will let you guys go. Have a good night, and we will talk to you guys soon. Okay. Good night. Merry Christmas. Right. See ya. Bye. Yep, you too. Bye bye. All right, folks. <laughs> uh, a very, very long night. Uh, 
I, I will probably just keep this one, one clip just because I think we would kind of lose something if we, tr- we try and break this up. Look at um, that. Just like that, he overrules me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm but, changing uh, things. I, I do promise both Scott and Heidi and, and Jerry, this is just going to be one exception for, for the rule. There, there won't be any more after this. <laughs> So we just uh, declared that to the world live, almost <laughs> yeah. live. So, so, uh, so, folks, I am blessed and honored to be ready to bring Pear Truth Radio Network to you guys. I know Eric is is excited as much as I am. So, uh, any any big announcements for you there, buddy? Uh, nothing in particular. Oh. No, just uh, you know, I think it's been a great year. Uh, this is pretty much kicking off. This show is kicking off the new year for us. Uh, this whole past year, 2015, has been great. We made some awesome friends. Everyone that was on the show tonight, we've met them within the past year or two. Um, and I gotta, I gotta admit, man, I, I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, being being in this industry for six plus years, we really haven't made any real friends. You know. A couple long, of acquaintances here and there. Yeah. Right. Uh, a couple of acquaintances here and there. Uh, mostly people who turn their back on you eventually. But, uh, this group of people that we had on tonight are good people. And I'm proud to say that they are friends and they are acquaintances and that they are going, are pretty much actually family. So, yeah. uh, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ after all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, great year and i'm really looking forward to this next year because i think it's going to be even better and i hope everyone tuning in you're looking forward to it as well because i promise it's going to be awesome absolutely i want to leave you guys with this before we close out uh one of my my favorite things about the new year's is is the song that everybody hears so i want to leave you with this before we close out for the night myself from Paratruth Radio and now the Becoming Paratruth Radio Network. Happy New Year to everybody. Have a safe one as well because there are just way too many people that get behind a wheel after drinking. Uh, too many. And sometimes just way too many people that get behind a wheel, period. True. Uh, just keep it safe. Uh, keep it happy. That's all we got for you guys this week. Mm-hmm. But until next week, guys, You'll find us same time, same channel. My name's Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachute Radio, 
and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.